draft. And today we're going to take a look at some of our freshmen, specifically the ones that we talked about prior to the season. Um, and also we're just going to be doing volleyball and the two basketball teams just because, you know, baseball, softball, soccer, I want to let them get deeper into their season before we really look at um, the freshmen for those teams. But, you know, volleyball and the two basketballs both halfway or more into their season. So I want to go ahead and give an update on where those freshmen are at, just because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we get a lot of hype about these freshmen before the season, but then we don't really follow up. So I want to follow up here on some of these freshmen. And starting with, you know, my pick for freshman of the year, uh, women's freshman of the year, was Alexis Wolf, and I think that she has been for the most part as advertised. Um, you know, my expectations for her were were probably a little bit unrealistic. You know, I I basically had sky high um, expectations. I thought she could come in and lead the team in kills, just because not because of Lauren Bork' poor performance, just because I thought Bork would get so much attention from the blocking side that uh, Wolf may be able to take some of those kills. Now, she is leading the team in hitting percentage of, you know, anybody with a good amount of kills. And, it, I mean, it's been impressive to watch her play because she really is a very technical hitter, probably the most complete hitter on the team, potentially. You know, uh, Boric obviously has a better arm, probably is the better attacker all around, but Wolf does a better job than Boric of varying her shots. You know, you talk about tooling that blocker, trying to hit it off their hands and out of bounds, um, tipping it over the blocker's hands. When you see a spot on the court, hitting it hard to that spot and then placing spots where there isn't defense. Wolf does a really, really nice job of that. And, you know, that's I think that's more of one of those things that you kind of you kind of expect from a more veteran hitter. Um, you know, a lot of times you look at Bork last year, Bork just went up to the line and hit that thing as hard as she can. And she has adjusted a little bit this year. You see her try to tip some, you see her place her shots a little bit better, but for the most part, that's still what Bork does. Wolf, on the other hand, she is really has a veteran mindset of hitting sometimes to a fault where I think she gets a little bit too fancy. And instead of trying to hammer that ball down, um, she tries to, you know, place it in a perfect spot where if she misses by two inches, then the ball gets saved, where if she would have just hammered it and trusted herself, she would have found a kill otherwise. But I think for the most part, Wolf has been as advertised, I think, blocking. Um, I don't know if she is putting up the stats necessarily blocking, but she's. I think she is a lot to contribute to what Burke has done this year. Kylie Burke has been fantastic. Um, and I think Wolf helps contribute to that, just giving her help on the right side. And if Wolf is alone one-on-one, -on -one, I think she does enough to disrupt the hitter where they're not getting free kills out of it. She doesn't necessarily block them, but I think she does enough to disrupt the hitter to where they have to place their shot into the teeth of the defense instead of, you know, just able to hit it right through the right side blocker, which is sometimes what happened last year is there wasn't a lot of blocking on the right side. This, this Webster team is certainly a much better blocking team than last year's team. Um, Kylie Burke probably has a lot due to that. She was on last year's team, but really has broken out this year. 30 blocks on the year for Kylie Burke, which is really nice number. Um, Julia Fry also has been a big part of that. But I think Alexis Wolf has as well, kind of being that centerpiece on the right side that I don't know that they had last year in a blocker. Um, 
So I think Wolf has been great, probably the freshman in any sport who's played the most, I would say. I'm not sure. Um, we'll talk about some of these basketball freshmen, but probably the freshman who's played the most of any freshman in any sport so far, um, or I guess in these three sports, because you look at some of the baseball freshmen have played a lot. But let's move on to another freshman who I hyped up a lot prior to the season. That's Marissa Lanzati. She's kind of on the other end of the spectrum. She's only played in two sets, and I believe both of those were in the first two matches of the year. So she has not played very much. Obviously, you know, the team has been successful, so they haven't really needed her like I thought they might. Really, I didn't expect Ali Spore to come on like she did. I thought Lanzati would kind of play the role that Spore is playing. I thought Spore might have been just a – really, I had Spore as a second rotation setter more than anything else. Um, I thought Lanzati could kind of play the role of hitter, um, then move to the back row, and then set in emergency situations. And that hasn't been the case. And I think it's a good thing for the team because they haven't needed her to do that. I think they may need her to do that in future years. So I still think her versatility is going to be very useful. And I still think she has a bright career um, as a Webster volleyball player. And I still have heard good things about her in JV games. Um, I thought in varsity, she was trying to do a little bit too much. A lot of times she was put in the game to serve receive and you know at times it did not go well sometimes she was putting the game to hit and she was a little bit too passive so I still think Lanzati has a bright future but obviously I don't think this is what I expected to see from her where she just wasn't playing varsity because I thought her versatility would get her in the lineup um you know just in general but Mary Graff has opted to go more of the Peyton Eichel route Jordan Mueller route um and those players have played fantastic. The team has played fantastic. So I think it's a good thing for the team that they haven't needed Lanzati. I think that she will have opportunities in the future. And sometimes it's good for these freshmen not to get thrown straight into the fire because they can get unconfident. So it's good. I think Lanzati takes a year, watches, you know, what Ali Spore is doing. Obviously, Spore will still be on the team next year. But watches what Ali Spore is doing because I could see her playing that role two years from now. Um so I'm still really excited about Marissa Lanzati and the things that she can do for this team. Third freshman I want to talk about for volleyball is Katie Skilton, who has kind of come on as of late playing a little bit more. She had a big game um, against, let's see, her big game. I mean, she had a really nice game against uh, Blackburn where she picked up four block assists and she's come on as basically the Alexis Wolf replacement where when Wolf subs out, Skilton steps in and you don't miss a, a beat on the right side. A lot of that's because with Spore being injured, they're not, um, you know, they are not having Spore block the right side, obviously, because she's out and they're opting to go with it. Skilton instead. I think this is nice for her to show that she can do it. And she's a pretty good player. Um, you'd like to see her be a little more aggressive hitting, but the right side is usually where your best blocker goes more than your best hitter. Now, a Skelton and Wolf could be the nastiest right side combo in the Slack um, in the next couple of years. And I think a Skelton has kind of been under the radar a bit because of that, just because Wolf, you know, was the big name kind of fr freshman and a Skelton has come in and played really well in her limited playing time. Um, that I think she's kind of gone under the radar and we'll see if she gets more opportunities to play going forward. 
I imagine that when Spore comes back, Skelton will go back to not playing so much, which, again, that's fine. I don't really need freshmen to play so much on varsity because they're still watching the players above them play, especially on a good team. On a bad team, I think you want to get your freshmen in there, get them as much varsity experience as possible because you're not going to win with your seniors and you might as well play your freshmen. But with the team winning and the team really looking to be a tournament contender, um, I think it's okay for these freshmen to sit and, you know, learn. Mary Graff, one of the best coaches. And then you have Ali Spore, Kira Gensel, um, those two especially, I think, do a really good job of teaching the game to the other player. So, but to update on a skeleton, I think she's a really good player. I think she's going to have a really good future um, on this team. And I think for me, her season has kind of gone the way I expected it to. I didn't expect her to get a crazy amount of playing time. I thought she could, but they haven't ended up needing it. And I think that a skeleton in her time she's played has shown that she has a lot to offer to this team. So good stuff for her. I'm excited to see what she does in the coming years. Let's go ahead and move on to the men's basketball team. And there's a lot of freshmen on this team and a lot to talk about. But I want to start with Marcus Becton, who's probably been the most high-impact freshman that there has. And a little bit under the radar, I think, coming into the year, um, you know, when you talked about the the freshmen who were kind of going to be the big players, I think you look more at Mark Moore, you look more at Jason Coleman. Um I think Becton was certainly in that conversation, but maybe toward the back end. And he's really come on as a really good player. I think he's basically cemented himself as a starter at this point. Um, you know, he was kind of playing the in-between role where he would start and then he'd come off the bench. You know, he started about half the games, but now I think he's cemented himself as a starter, which on a team that needs, that does not have a cemented five starters, I think it's good to see that um, they found a guy that they really like in Becton. His scoring potential is still very limited to inside. Um, still hasn't taken a, a three-pointer this year. He really doesn't shoot all that much. It's mostly layups and dunks. And Becton does a good job attacking the inside. Uh, defensively, I think he's above average, but I think there's still things to be worked on there. Um, you look at you know his rebounding total, he is third on the team. So, I mean, he's doing his part in the rebounding. Um, he's put up three blocks on the year, which is fourth on the team. So I think he's a nice all-around player. He's listed as a forward, but he plays a lot like a guard where he plays fast. He can handle the ball if you give it to him, and he'll drive inside. Um, like, it's less of him being posted up on the inside. It's more of him just driving in, uh, similar to how Etienne plays, you know, for the most part. Like, you look at Addie Beesing, what she does for women's basketball, that's not what Becton does, and they play – essentially the same position um, where Becton, but Becton more drives into the paint and scores where B. St. Moore sets up low, gets a pass and puts it up. Um, but Becton, I think it has, you know, I think you get Etienne vibes from him. He's got to get a lot bigger and stronger, but I think he has a similar career upside path that Etienne had. Um, again, he's, he's got to get stronger. But I think you could definitely see him taking a similar path to Etienne. You know, they're, he's actually a little bit taller than Etienne is. So you look at he could be that kind of player going forward, and it's nice to see him earning these minutes early on that they weren't given to him. He came out and earned these minutes. So good for him. Second freshman I'm talking about is a guy who 
you know, did not get very much talk prior to the season and got no talk from from this podcast, and that's Malcolm Lowe, who he's really been the definition of earning playing time. He played the first game of the year against Greenville with you go deep into your bench at Greenville, and he only played three minutes, played 10 in his next game, and since then he's been double-digit minutes, uh, 12 or more every game. And he's a really flashy dribbler. I mean, he controls the ball maybe even better than anybody on this team. He's re- He's got some really good moves, knows exactly where the ball is at all time. He's 5'8". So, you know, you look at another guy, um, Wynn Brown Jr. and I think Mark Moore are both 5'7". So very similar to those two. Um, so actually Mark Moore's listed at 5'8". So you have Wynn Brown Jr., Mark Moore, and Malcolm Logue are these little guards who – especially in the case of Logue, really, really flashy. And I think he's not as good a, a passer as the two guys I mentioned, Brown and Mark Moore. Um, he's not as good as a passer yet. But in terms of ball handling skills, he may be the best of the three. I mean, he just has some really good moves with the ball. Um, you saw a couple times in the Greenville game, they're playing so fast that Logue, you know, he would be able to be running at full speed and still dribble around two guys. I mean, it's just really nice moves from him. I think, you know, when you look at what his role could be going forward, you know, I think that's more difficult to tell. He's not a volume scorer, I don't think, at this point in his career. Um, So I think his path to being a really good player is going to be coming from flashy passing and just being that main assist source. Um, That's probably where he's going to have to make his money, you know, for, you know, for lack of a better term. and I think he can do that. It's nice to have a ball handler because, again, like we talked about with Josh Johnson last year, it was good when Wynn Brown Jr. was in the game because Johnson didn't have to control the ball and he could go do other things. Similar here, when when uh, Malcolm Logue's in the game, it frees up more and Wynn Brown Jr. to do other things on the court. And sometimes you get all three of them out there, and it is really nice passing. Um, you get it inside to Etienne and then two other guys as well. So it's – it's he's a guy who's come out of absolutely nowhere and I think he's got a future. I'm not sure what that future is going to entail. You know, you look at other guys similar, Aaron Hobb kind of comes to mind, but even he's a flashier Malcolm Logue's a flashier dribbler than Aaron Hopp was. I think he's a better ball handler. Um, again, you know, he's not a volume scorer like Wynn Brown Jr. He's not a three point shooter like Mark Moore. So you kind of look at what he does um, in fact, he's one for 10 from three-point line. So he's not a three-point shooter whatsoever. Um, I think the big thing for him is he needs to work on his passing, especially in those tight windows, because if you can combine the flashy dribbling with flashy passing, you can become a really electric guard. And then the scoring will come from that because, you know, they have to protect so much from your passes that it oftentimes opens up lanes for you to go in and score. So I like Steve, uh, Malcolm Logue. I think he's a really good player. Um, I think his future, at least in the immediate future, this year and next year, I think his future more going to be off the bench. Um, you know, when, when Brown Jr. or Mark Moore comes off the court, he can go on and deliver those ball handling skills. It's just, can he develop as a three-point shooter? Because clearly, you know, he's not been that thus far, but he likes to take the three-point shot. Um, you look at He's third on the team in three-point attempts and is not shooting a good percentage. So, 
You'd like to see him develop as a shooter, but I think the big thing is for him to develop as a passer. And the third freshman I want to talk about on this team is going to be Mark Moore, who it's nice to see that the coaching staff and the players trust him. And there's been times when he's paid dividends on that. He's still not shooting a great percentage. You know, 33% is, is solid, but, you know, certainly not where you want it to be from your top three-point shooter, which is what Moore is. He shoots more three-pointers than anybody else. 33%, again, isn't bad, but I think you'd like that percentage to go a little bit higher um, if he's going to be your top guy. You know, you look at, you know, Josh Johnson, and if Mark Moore is shooting like this now, you think that he does have that kind of upside where he could be that kind of three-point shooter in the future. I mean, Johnson didn't even play his freshman year very much. So Moore, I think, could very easily – turn into that guy where, you know, when he shoots three-pointer, you just are pretty sure it's going in. I mean, that's what Josh Johnson was last year. He can go in those scoring runs where he was just knocking down everything. Moore isn't there yet. The nice thing about Mark Moore is that he's a good enough passer and a solid ball handler. Um, I think he's the worst of the three guards that we've talked about, JR, Malcolm Logue. I think he's the worst of the three in terms of ball handling. Um, but he's a really good passer, which is good to see. You know, you look at the assist total, and I believe it's second on the team. Um, yeah, it is second on the team behind Wynn Brown Jr. When he comes in, especially when JR is on the court, it's nice to see JR get open and be able to do some damage shooting while Mark Moore is handling the ball and passing. But when JR Brown isn't on the court and he kind of has to be that primary ball handler, you know, he, he's solid at it. Um, I think you'd like him to get a little bit better. I think he turned, you know, he gets the ball stolen from him sometimes, um, which, you know, is not ideal for the guy who's going to be handling the ball most of the time. So I think his shooting is going to develop on his own. His passing is already there. I think the ball handling skills is really where he needs to kind of take a step forward in his game. Because again, when, if your coach trusts you to shoot at this volume right now, he clearly sees that you can do it. And I think for Mark Moore, it's just a matter of time that he starts knocking down more of these shots because clearly they've seen enough in practice that they know that he can do it and they're letting him take it because coach bunch. I mean, you look at this team, you have Mark Moore at 27, Wynn Brown Jr. at 20 and Malcolm Logan at 10 three point attempts. Nobody else has more than three. So clearly, you know, you look at coach bunch, is giving him the green light to shoot them and he's not asking him to pull back at all. In fact, his three point attempts, have basically gone up um, as the season has gone on. So he's not asking him to pull back whatsoever. So I think Mark Moore, those shots will fall, and his passing is in a really nice place where you don't feel like you're losing much when he's on the court, even when he's not making his three-point shots. I still think he's a very good asset for the team when he's on the court. So he, you know, that's good, all good things coming from him, um, and I think he's just going to develop further. Let's move on to the women's basketball team and not as much to talk about here because freshmen don't play very much on this team. And there's a reason for that because this team is very, very good and their five starters are all workhorses that play a lot. So let's talk about the most hyped freshman coming into this year. And that is Jordan Grimes, who has, has not played a whole lot. I mean, she's played 88 minutes, which is more than any other freshman but is just, what is that, going to be seventh on the team, eighth on the team, no, seventh on the team. Um, 
That's seventh on the team. And again, that's without Dariana Hunter, who got injured. If Dariana Hunter's healthy, she probably has more minutes than Grimes. The thing about Grimes is that they're, she's just not shooting at all. Uh, you know, she came into this team potentially to be a superstar scorer, and I think she still could be that going forward. But it seems like right now she's playing the Lauren Freeman role when Lauren Freeman's not on the court. Instead of, I thought she'd be playing the Naomi Johnson role where Naomi Johnson's on the court. And if you aren't familiar with women's basketball, um, the women's basketball team, Freeman is more of that ball handler, uh, press guard, on ball defense, passer. You know, Freeman's kind of the dirty work player where Naomi Johnson is post up at the three point line looking to amass a lot of points. Um, so those are kind of the two guards that you have. And then Julie Bundis is kind of her own thing. Um, so I thought Grimes would be more of the when Johnson comes out, Grimes becomes the top scoring option outside. Uh, and, you know, she would put up a lot of threes. She would do what she can to create shots or the team would do what they can to create shots for her. And that's where I kind of saw her doing. And I don't think there's been a skill regression whatsoever. I still think Grimes is a really talented player. They just haven't used her like that. And, you know, a big part of that is a lot of their scoring has come in other ways. You know, you look at what Julie Bondistel, the way they do the rotation is not like the men's team where a lot of times you'll see, you know, the big three all sub out at the same time. The big three being uh, Becton and Brown Jr. and Etienne, they all will come out at the same time. And then you kind of have the backups in the women's basketball team doesn't exactly do that. They all play basically until they can, you know, they're out there on the court playing and then they'll give a signal to, to coach O that, hey, I need to come out, I need a break, and then they'll make the sub from there. Basically, Grimes only plays when Freeman has to come out um, because she's tired, and Freeman plays a lot, so she's not tired very often. So Grimes, a lot of times, coming in to be the ball handler, and they get subbed out two minutes later. So she hasn't really had the opportunity to do so. I think as she's been in, um, she certainly has been a solid passer, um, I don't think she's been an elite passer. I think she's been solid. I think she's had her ball handling issues and she just hasn't taken shots. I think defensively, she's been better than expected. Defensively, she looks really, really good, um, which if she is going to be the future Lauren Freeman, then that's what you need to see because that on-ball defense is obviously what makes Freeman Freeman. You know, I don't think that you would go as far to say she's playing the Hannah Cottrell role because Cottrell, although she's a player that we need to talk about in a future podcast, I don't think she's playing that role. I think she is playing the uh, Lauren Freeman role. And I think that she could evolve into Naomi Johnson. You look at the team a year from now, you know, and you look at the starting five, who is it? Because Cottrell, Freeman, um, B-Sync, and Von Dissel all come back. So with Naomi Johnson out, that's a guard. It seems like in the roster they have right now, the most natural transition is to put Grimes in that role because – you don't really need a ball handler guard like Freeman and Cottrell because you already have both of them. You kind of need a volume scorer, especially from the outside, because Bond Distal, as good as she has been, has not shot good from the three-point line. Um, actually, I lied. She's actually shooting a pretty good percentage. She just had that one game where she was awful. Um, you know, she had one game where she was 0 for 5 from the three-point line. So, actually, for the season, she has shot pretty good. So, but I don't think that's her primary mode of scoring. I think 
Bon Dissel is a lot more nuanced than that. So I think Johnson, whose primary mode of scoring is the three-pointer, I think the most natural transition is to put Grimes in that role. So it's interesting to me that they aren't playing her in that role this year to prepare for that next year. It seems like they're preparing her. Like, I think if you were watching, you would think Freeman was the one graduating because Grimes seemed like she's playing the exact same role that Freeman is. So that seems like the more natural transition. But to me, I think that she is, her future is more playing that Naomi Johnson role. Um, and maybe she does in practice and that in games, she's best suited to play, you know, that passer, um, on-ball defense, press man. I think that's what she does. You know, maybe that's best for what's on the court. Next up, who I want to talk about is Emily Ederer, who was kind of the th- number three freshman for me coming into this year. Um, the number one being Jordan Grimes and the number two being Beth Lancaster. Edward kind of, for me, has come out of nowhere just a little bit. Um, I thought she would get minutes, but I thought her minutes would be much. I thought, Lan- basically, I thought Lancaster and Edward, I thought their minutes would be switched. Um, Edward seems like the the second rotation forward, especially when Beesing's not in the game. But even when Beesing is in the game, when somebody else comes out, usually regardless of position, unless it's Lauren Freeman, Edward comes in. Um, Edward comes in for Bon Distel. Edward comes in at times for Hannah Cottrell. So, and she definitely comes in for Naomi Johnson. So you look at Edward and her upside for the biggest part is going to be, you know, rebounding. Um, I think she's a good rebounder with potentially more upside. Her scoring, you know, I still think leaves something to be desired. I think she makes easy shots, but I don't think she shoots for as good as a percentage as you maybe want her to, especially with the shots that she's taking. You know, you look at Addie Beeson who's shooting 52%, right? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Addie Beeson shooting 67%. And Julie Bondis is shooting 52%. I think that's more where you want Edward to be for the role that she plays, where it's a lot of layups, a lot of short shots. Um, I don't think she's even taken a three-point shot this season, and she hasn't. So Edward, her scoring does need something to, to be desired. Honestly, I think she is a really solid player who has rebounding upside. I think she offers a lot defensively. Um and the scoring upside, she probably does have a little bit more scoring upside than Lancaster. Um, and actually, let's go ahead and bring Lancaster in the conversation. Beth Lancaster was actually my freshman to watch. I still think that she's a really, really good player. And defensively, I think she's shut down. I think she's a lockdown defender, um, almost to the point where when she's in the game, there's a noticeable difference how other teams have to play offense because of how good that she can lock down the primary interior scorer of the other team. I mean, she's shut down defensively. Now, she's not a very good scorer at this point. Um, You know, I think that she can develop that because I think you can work on that very easily. I think it's a lot more difficult to work on being a lockdown defender like she is. Rebounding, uh, it's hard to say if she's a good rebounder or not, you know, just because – of the minutes she's played, like on the stat sheet, it doesn't look like she's a very good rebounder, but she hasn't played that many minutes. Um, You know, she's about the same rebounder as Edward, I think. I think they have very similar upside. So you look at these two players, Edward and Lancaster, who are both forwards, and I think Edward is higher floor scoring, 
Lancaster is the higher higher ceiling defender, and then they're very similar rebounders. So it just depends on how you want to work your offense from that standpoint. I'd love to see Lancaster get more playing time because I think she's really, really good. And I think that to get better, she just needs to play more and get more shots. You know, she's only put up 13 shots this year, which, you know, is is basically the second least on the team, you know, by of the people who play. Um, you know, one thing I did mention about Grimes, she's only taking 16 shots all year. So you talked about her only taking one three-point shot. She's only taking 16 shots all year. And they're just not letting her score and not letting her shoot. And I think that's something that I'd love to see her do more. Um, and I know that she's really grinded at to become a really good defender, but I'd love to see her score more. So, you know, that's nine freshmen right there that we talked about in this episode, kind of giving an update on them. That's not all of the freshmen. There's still, you know, you look at a player like Rachel Drennan. Um, you look at a player like, you know, oh, you know, a player we didn't talk about, which didn't even slip my mind because honestly, I don't even think of her as a freshman much anymore. We didn't talk about Delaney Demon at all, and she's a stud, but we'll, we'll go ahead and leave that for another podcast. I think we're going to do a podcast similar to this one next week, not about freshmen, but about a different type of player um, that I don't want to spoil just quite yet. So we'll talk about Demon on that podcast, but that's nine freshmen there, kind of giving an update of where they are, my thoughts on them both their present and future. Um, so that's going to do it for this episode. Tomorrow we will be recapping all the weekday games. we got some more action tonight, volleyball action, and somebody else plays as well. I think the basketballs maybe play tonight. Um, somebody plays tonight. But we will recap all of that. Um, no, so actually the basketballs play tomorrow. But we'll re- recap all of that tomorrow's episode will also preview the weekend games that'll be with brandon burns still but thank you all for listening to this episode of the locked up podcast give us a follow on instagram at locked up podcast and i will talk to you all tomorrow.